sunshine good morning if you didn't get the chance to maybe you can next month we had some delicious pancakes and sausage over there so um, if you didn't get the chance to this morning then maybe next month is the month for you uh, let's get started with a prayer God we thank you for uh, such an amazing day today dear Lord thank you for allowing us to be here um, for anybody that's not able to make it dear Lord we just want to ask uh, if they're traveling um, keep them safe uh, if they're not feeling well, God, we ask uh, that you put your healing hand on them. God, I just want to ask uh, that you go with us throughout this service today. Uh, be with Jamie as he gives us a, um, another great lesson, dear Lord. Help us uh, open our hearts and open our ears uh, to what he has to say about you and what you did for us. Um, God, we thank you for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will sing this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this 
Good morning. The scripture in this morning is Psalms 113. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You, his servants, praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the earth and the heaven? God is higher than anything and anyone, outshining everything you can see in the skies. Who can compare with our God, our God so majestically enthroned, surveying his magnificent heavens and earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and the prince of his people. He settles his children, the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. Pray with me. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for the blessing of letting us gather together in your house to worship you today. We ask that you watch over this service. We ask it to be uplifting to you. We ask that you be with Jamie as he brings his message to us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Unto the old Lord do I lift up my soul. Unto the old Lord, do I lift up my soul? Oh my God, I trust in Thee. Let me not be ashamed, let not my enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that Yeah. 
ago, Julie and I were driving Hannah to the doctors. Jonathan hadn't been born yet. Can you have some idea how long ago it was? We were living in uh, Reynoldsburg at the time, and we started driving and get ready to get on 270 and come across a single car accident. Guy driving a Ford Ranger hit the uh, guardrail. Saw a couple guys out helping, and Boy Scout Derek I had just bought a new first aid kit that they were selling at work, and I had a car. I thought, well, maybe I have something that might help there. It didn't look too bad. So I pulled over, ran across, and <clears throat> I can see the guy still in the car. And I can see his head moving, and I could hear him saying something. And I, I threw the first aid kit on the hood, and I said, hey, what do you guys need? And one of the guys standing there says, there's nothing in there that'll help this guy. Confused. <clears throat> I come around the corner. And he was messed up pretty bad. And um, he's sitting there yelling at us, you know, wanting us to give him a phone um, to call his wife. And it was, it was bad. It was bad. And uh, he was obviously in uh, shock at the time. Um, he, was cold. he kept saying he was cold, so I took off my jacket and, 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 and put it over him. He's yelling. Um, the people there, again, I'm still dealing with what I just saw. It was the first time I'd ever come across something like this. And I remember being so frustrated because it was right at the exit where Mount Carmel's at. And I remember looking at that hospital right there, you know, a quarter of a mile away. For me, it felt like forever. Time stood still. Sirens coming from every direction, people yelling, people who can't see what's going on, honking their horns down, wanting to know why there's a traffic jam, and him asking for a phone to call his wife. Finally, two nurses who were getting off duty from the hospital, they uh, stopped, come running up, said we're nurses. I point to the first aid kit and about the only thing in there they could use was gloves and they start putting on the gloves and at that moment I uh, 
I broke away, and I was shaking, and Julie's worried about me because we're still driving to the doctors. I'm shaking. Well, <clears throat> day, a day or two goes past, and the first time in my life, I started looking at the obituaries, kind of wondering, did this guy live or die? Then the day came, I saw the obituary, the details I gave into it, I knew it was him. He had died. And it got even worse. I mentioned his pregnant wife, and he was you know, 23, 24, I can't remember how old he was. And I wasn't sleeping, I was bothered, you know, by it. And that next Sunday I'd asked, uh, we were going to Reynoldsburg Church of Christ, and I asked for some prayers, you know, because it was just so ingrained, and I was so upset for his wife and, and this. And <clears throat> by chance, uh, a, a nurse who went there heard this, and she came up to me, she goes, Derek, she goes, I know who you're talking about. I was on duty that night. And she was trying to give me words of comfort, and she worded it much better, but she went on to describe the heroic efforts the doctors had done. Um, two teams working on him hours. They used so much blood to save him, it was the equivalent of two, two people, um, all their blood. And in the end, they lost. He died, and she just said how everyone collapsed in there and um, how long it took to clean the room after the heroic efforts. Well, again, she was trying to help, but it didn't help anything. Well, <clears throat> I'm sitting there one day in my office, and I'm just looking at that obituary, and I just had a moment. I, I didn't want to sound like a creepy guy calling the church where it said his funeral had been at, but I called the minister. I said who I was, and I said, you know, and, and the main reason I was calling was the jacket I had given the guy. I had a roll of film in it. Kind of tells you how, uh, how long ago it was. He said a roll of film. Cute pictures we took of Hannah. We were going to get developed. And I had this fear his wife had that developed and wonder who this other baby was. You know, I didn't want her to doubt um, his love for her. And um, the minister, he was, he, was a good, he was a good man on the, on the phone. And, and we talked. And he said... Uh, they're going to be fine. He said, it's going to be hard. But he said, um, we're very fortunate. Him and his wife had just started attending there, and he had just been baptized a couple weeks before. At that moment, I was free. You know, and I thought, what a, not only a gift for him, but a gift for a complete stranger. He didn't know or meet, you know, knowing that he had been saved in there. And I don't know, in my head, I, I think about all the blood that was spilled in that hospital room trying to save him, his broken flesh as he was mangled in that car. But it makes me think the blood of Jesus, the flesh of Jesus, and how that, you know, in my mind, is, it was his equivalent of being able to carry our, our broken bodies to Mount Carmel. We're all given that life, and no matter how bad we screw up, mangled spiritually, that blood and that flesh gives us hope, gives us eternity, and not only uh, saved him, but saved me on earth, you know, knowing that. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we give thanks that in this train wreck of a world at times that uh, no matter how bad we fail, no matter you know, how bad we screw up, that that son dying on that cross, giving up his flesh, giving up that son 
so that we will forever be healed and we will forever be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's bow. Our God, we cannot fathom what it was like to see that spear go in your son's side. Cannot fathom the, the blood that was spilt and what it represented at the time and for us 2,000 years later. Lord, we're grateful that that blood does not have to be spilt again to uh, save us, to uh, give us uh, eternity with you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
We place you on the highest place for you are the great high priest. We place you So if you're in Jamie or if you're in Gabe's Bible class, then you need to stay out here today. And the other kids can be dismissed to class. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Oh Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy I have a living hope. I have a future. God has a plan for me. Of this I'm sure. Of this I'm sure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Oh, Jesus, you're my firm Of this I'm sure, of this 
good to be with you all. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, I know, and thank you, Dave. Um, I know the, maybe better said we have a long-term feeling and then Dave gets to do what he's supposed to do every now and then because that's kind of how it goes. He does such a wonderful job and I'm thankful for him. And next week, you know, we have a, um, we have a guest speaker and we want to be praying for all of that, but it's good to be with you. I miss you guys when I'm not here. We miss one another when we're not together. So thanks for being here. Thanks for encouraging us and praying for us over the last few weeks. It's been eventful. We're going to share a little bit about that. But let's pray together and we'll, get, we'll begin the service. Father, I'm so thankful for this day. So thankful for all the blessings you shower on us every day, God. Thank you for family and friends and loved ones, those who, Father, uh, are first connected to you and then connected to one another, us, we here in this room. God, thank, thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, what you're going to do. Father, thank you for your incredible love and grace and mercy for us. Thank you for good songs that we get to sing, God, that, that attach us closer to you and nearer to your heart, and in doing so, closer to one another. And Father, I pray that as we share here today through your word, I pray that you would Move me out of the way, God. I have nothing to share of myself, um, only you and your goodness. And I pray that we can see that all today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So we've been going through the fruit of the Spirit for the last several weeks, uh, up until, you know, two weeks ago we were at Winterfest with the youth, and then uh, last week the college students, Eric, Josh, Christian, and I took some college students out west on a on a spring break trip that we do every year. Very interesting, by the way, hence the name of the sermon. But um, we're going to take just a break from that, um, the fruit of the Spirit, because it's kind of broken up a little bit, you know, because we're gone, and then it's going to have a little bit of break next week. So I thought I wanted, I wanted to do something here, because I wanted to, to brag a bit, uh, um, affirm a bit, remind a bit about how, God, how good God is when things get a little weird. If if you're looking, if you were to do any research at all today and look through um, Google or watch TV um, and just observe what's going on in the world, all the ways that storms are impacting or crisis are impacting what's going on in people's lives, you would see, you know, at top of the list, there's great confusion. This doesn't have anything to do with politics. There's just great confusion in what's going on in government. There's... A lot of lack of trust and unity in our country because of those kinds of things. Then it, then it flips to economy and how bad it is and inflation. 
how difficult it is just to make ends meet for people today. The lack of unity, as we mentioned already, has a big play in, in what's going on in confidence and what's happening in our country. And if you're, if you're a child of God, then, then you see the attack at times on some things. And it causes us to, sh- to just kind of shiver, to shake, to quake a bit. I'm wondering, you know, what's going on? Is God really doing is he, what he said he would do? Is he really in control? And then there's you. And me, we, in our personal, in our daily, in our involving with life and, and, and interpreting and reacting and all that we do through it and all the, 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 the movement, the motion. There's a lot of storms in 2020, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023 that you never saw coming. And then they're there. And what do you do with them? And so, so, so the, the beauty of the story is that we are where we thought we were. We are... In God's hands, sometimes we don't think so much about being in God's hands. And so I want to share a few stories with you today that will help remind us of who we are and that he really does have us and love us with a few illustrations as well. So, you know, you, you know this story, you know, Jesus is teaching in, um, in, in the book of Mark, you know, he, he reminds them at different places that times are coming that will press them, that will test them. And so when, when, when you think about us, there's a couple of things that I would share along the story. Sometimes storms hit people's lives. And, and those who don't, there's just this thing about us. Something hits us, and, and, and the first thing we do is, is um, we just, especially in 2020, 2020, when you have all this DIY and things like that, we just go to the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get after this, and I'm going to make it happen, and I'm going to do whatever. And, and when that's the case, when the storm hits, we just ride the storm wherever it goes. Ride the battle wherever it goes. Ride the struggle wherever it goes. Just let things happen and think we can hold it out or we can bunker up enough to get through it. That's a, that's a recipe for incredible disaster. Uh, the disciples, you know, take a different route. Had they taken that route, um, it could have been in big trouble here. But, but in Mark chapter 4, you know, the, the, there's this, this press that, the, there's the, that they are in a storm. So, so first, the, the, sometimes we hit storms, we, we, we just want to ride them out. We think that it's all going to be whatever. The, the second thing is that we would cry out to God, you know, and this is what most, if you're a child of God, this is your go-to. If you're a child of God and something hits you, something comes your way, something happens that is just bigger and different than what you knew, um, the child of God cries out to God, right? I mean, you do. You have, a, you have a medical crisis. Someone you love passes away. Um, the, the, like we said, the economy, you know, financially, things are different. You talk to God. You ask him for help. You say, what's going on here? I need your intervention. There are those who would say God's so, afar, so far off and aloof that he doesn't really concern, he's not really concerned about your daily life. But then you read the Bible and you find out he's really concerned about everybody's daily life. He's involved. He's up to something. And so... And so when you are that guy, so there's a guy who rides it out. Sorry, I'm trying to connect this well. The guy who rides it out and, you know, just can be very catastrophic. Then, then there's the one who cries out to God. And I think there's two places, that ha- two things that happen when you cry out to God in your storm. I think the first one happens here in when Jesus calms the storm for the disciples. Here's what's going on in this text. Um, he teaches at the beginning of Mark 4 about the sower, you know, he, 
casts a seed. Some falls along good soil, rocky soil, thorny soil, you know, and, and path. So he teaches about the, 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 the sower. Then the lamp on a stand. Then he teaches about the growing seed. And then the mustard seed. And then he gets into this story. Jesus, after teaching everybody about these things, gets in the boat and they're going across the, the sea. As they're going across the sea, there's a furious squall is what the word says. And, and the boat is being pitched and tossed and pitched and tossed. And it's filling up. And the disciples can't bail the water fast enough. They're in a really bad place. They're fishermen. They should maybe have known better than to get here. But Jesus said to go. And so they go. And, and so eventually, you know, the boat is so bad that he, they run to Jesus. Don't you care that we're going to die? He's asleep down in the, you know, in the boat. And so he wakes up, he goes to the storm, however you would do that, <laughs> to a storm. Hey, yo, peace, be still. And everything just whew, was completely calm. He's, he spoke to a storm, whatever it was, whatever it looked like, and he brought peace. And it was such an event that, that the disciples, those with him, those who were following him, hit their faces because his words were, why were you so afraid? Where's your faith? What did you think was going to happen to you in this? I'm here. What did you think the outcome was going to be of this? I'm here. How did you think I was going, what did you think I was going to let this do to you? How was this supposed to happen? What's the outcome? You weren't the one who didn't pray. You're not the one who wrote it out. You ran down to talk to me. And peace be still. And I, and I think this plays out in our lives today. And so often we live in the first moment. We live in a place where things are happening and we just think, oh, well, God doesn't see me. God doesn't care. Or maybe he does see you and care, but this has nothing to do with anything else. It's just a storm, and you go through storms, so just storms happen in storms and storms and storms and storms and whatever. But that's not true. You, you serve a very personal God, very corporate God, but very personal God. And he cares what's going on with you always, and he's up to something for your good. He sees you. He knows you. That's why you have stories like a woman called an adulterer. Why you have stories like about woman, women called at the well. These are horrible stories of great mistakes, but he sees them and knows them and loves them. Not, oh, all of Israel, I forgive all of your sins, and I take care of all of you, while these other women, while Jairus' daughter and the woman with the issue of bleeding, get no attention whatsoever. Stop thinking crazy. Stop thinking crazy. Stop thinking too big. He loves you. The second story is interesting because it hits differently. He, he calms the storm in the first one. But in this story in Matthew 14, 13 through 36, it's, it's, there's a different take. And on this one, um, you know, Jesus has fed the 5,000. Interesting. You know, he had heard the beginning of the chapter I don't think Jesus, you know, oh boy, by the way, at the beginning of this chapter, I, I got this news. But, but, you know, he had heard about Herod being beheaded. He loved, you know, not Herod, but Herod beheading John the Baptist. And he loved John very much. Come with me by yourself to a quiet place, get some rest. But it just keeps going and going. People love him and they want to be around him. So, so the story unfolds that he feeds the 5,000. Then he sends the disciples off in the boat across the lake while he dismisses the crowds. 
And as he's dismissing the crowds, a storm comes up, and it's just pitching the boat and the disciples, and it's crazy, and they're worried. There's so much that's involved in the water and in the, in that time. So much is happening there. And so Jesus sees them, and he begins to walk out to them, and the Scripture says, walking on the water. And so when they see him, you know, in the storm, in the, in the rain and the wind and the everything, they start to think it's a ghost because it goes with the story. You know, there's a lot of background to being in the water and where they think that evil spirits go and stuff like that. So it's just a natural thought for them. It's a ghost, you know. It's not like they're just weirdos looking for a problem. There's history here. There's context. And so Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me. Don't, hey, don't be afraid. It's me. And Peter says, if it's you, crazy statement, tell me to come out to you walking on the water. He didn't say, calm this water. Jesus didn't say, hold on a moment while I calm this storm. You hear what I'm saying, right? He says, just come on. We'll walk together on the water. And we still say that only Jesus walked on water, but that is not true. Jesus and Peter walked on water in the storm. Rich Mullins says, when you love, you walk on water. Just don't stumble on the waves. We all want to go there, something awful. But to stand there takes grace, loving, grace, all these things. You see, the storm isn't calm. Everything's not but you see Peter walking toward Jesus on the water. Cool story. He, he panics a bit, right? He looks around, he sees the truck. Wait, 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 I forgot where I was. How did I get out here? Like, comes to himself. He begins to sink, and Lord, save me. And he reaches out his hand, pulls him in, goes into the boat. This time he doesn't even speak, be still. He just gets in the boat and... Whew, That's a cool story, right? You, you see these stories, the first one, you, you hear stories like Jesus calming the storm with people like um, David and Goliath, you know, bam, drop, storm over, right? Esther, for such a time as this, hey, this guy's trying to kill me. The king says, no, that's not happening. But they're walking on the water. You, know, you might see that more with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were actually in the furnace or Daniel actually in the lion's den. But God's grace, his mercy, his love, his power rescuing them from all situations. The, the reason for this, um, as I, 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 one, we need to be a lot better walking on water. We need to be a lot better at, at, at getting through storms. I had an event that happened this past week. I'm not sure hasn't marked how I do life forever. In deep ways. This is, this is a crazy experience. I love traveling. I love doing. I love being. I love everywhere we go and all that we do. But we went through a pretty crazy week. And to not share it for a moment in God's deliverance would be actually, um, it would be unfaithful. And um, as unfaithful as I might be some days, I want to be incredibly faithful about this story. Um, we go a lot of places and do a lot of things, and I would always tell you, I live a life that I don't deserve. I'm blessed with to be in a place that I'm not fit to be. My family's incredible. My jobs, my friends, my everything, incredible, way beyond me. All, all that is God's. But you guys know that. Um, last year, we were getting ready to go out west, 
And there was this prediction of this storm that was going to be just south of I-44, which we have to go for, when we leave here from, from southern Ohio to go on this spring break trip, we have to go 64, St. Louis to 44, to Oklahoma City, and then we go from Oklahoma City to 40, up to Gallup, up to Moab. It's, if you look at it on a map, it makes little sense, but <laughs> it makes total sense, but... So that storm was south, and we kept praying about that storm, you know, and I kept praying about that storm, got to make that storm go away, make that storm go away, you've got to make that storm go away. You know, traveling with a lot of college students, and I need that storm to go away. But that storm wasn't going away, and I kept saying, and then I started saying, well, I mean, just make it stay south, make it stay south, make it stay south. It didn't stay south. It, like, planted from southern Ohio all the way to St. Louis, all the way down to Oklahoma City. It stayed right on the route, not, not north, not south, just right on the route, like the day before. It's like, how is this happening? I see you being a question. Are we supposed to do this? What's going on here? You know what happens to your best laid plans? You get out of the boat, what do you do? And so I said, Lord, you, you know, um, I've asked this a lot. <laughs> So here's what I'm going to ask you. I see that it moves the storm. Would you walk us through the storm? And man, once we were through the storm, and he carried us through the storm, there were cars piled up on cars on top of cars. We counted over 100 accidents. We went through so smoothly. Slipped maybe once. I know this is scary, but it's not. I mean, it was such a powerful event, and it, and it made the trip. We had such an incredible time through the whole thing. The, there's never a time you've all driven in snow. You know what that's like. You know what happens. This year, the trip was a little different. As you watch the events unfold, if you've watched things in the, in the Southwest, you know, the, uh, uh, channeling my best meteorologist, the jet stream has dipped down really low in, in, you know, in, the, in the Southwest, and it's ramped up really high here. So what, whether we're getting here, they should be getting there. And at least a hint of the weather that they're getting there, we should be getting here. At least some snow, at least some something. It's wintertime, but... While you were running around in your shorts and t-shirts, um, yeah, we had a little bit of different weather out there. We showed up in Moab, and Moab had a lot of ice and never has ice. And then we went down to Bryce, and for real, you just need to see Josh Carell falling through snow waist deep. It's just a funny, it's just, I laughed so hard. There's the, we, 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 we hiked through snow waist deep in Bryce Canyon. It's so packed that it, I mean, we were tight, and, we're, and people say, like, who gets to do this, Right? It, the, a storm had blown up that we, we saw coming. It was going to hit a lot, give a lot of snow, but it was before we got there. Don't fall asleep on me here. There's a lot of, a lot of credit to God in just a moment. You need to see. Then, um, then we went to our, our place to stay. We're blessed with a wonderful place to stay with a wonderful host in Canab. The lady was a wonderful Christian lady. And then... Um, Christian, Josh, Josh, Christian, and they get on this weather app. I don't have, I, I have weather apps. None of my weather apps predicted it. I hear, hey, it's supposed to snow like 22 inches on Wednesday. I'm like, no, it's not. It's supposed to be sunny on Wednesday. No, it's supposed to snow like 22 inches. On, no, it's, but look, next app, look. Next, I got like 10 apps. Let me show you every one of those. Every one of those says it's supposed to be nice. So I look up the app there looking. It's like, oh, it's supposed to snow like 22 inches on Wednesday. But the other apps don't show that. And then later on in the night, one app shows it, two apps show it, three apps show it. So like, oh, what are we going to do? Um, in my mind, um, I, I kind of, you know, think maybe we can, and, 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 and the Josh, Christian, Eric's like, well, maybe we should reschedule, maybe we should, yeah, let's move some things up. 
So we take this, this, this what we're supposed, what's supposed to be scheduled on, stay with me, supposed to be scheduled on Tuesday, move it up to Monday, then instead of hiking the Grand Canyon on Wednesday in the storm, we hike it on Tuesday. So some go to the bottom and back, some go to the overlook and back, and some do the, the rim trail, and we all go back. Well, in the middle of all this crazy about this storm supposedly blowing in, we have one girl who hurts her knee, possibly tore her meniscus. We kept saying, don't keep hiking. She's just a trooper. About six of our people get, like, really sick. They got this sinus, oh, and then this lung, oh, and it's just miserable. So we're going through all of this, and all this is going on, and then the storm's supposed to be coming. And somewhere, you know, I'm like, maybe we should hike the Grand Canyon, and then we should leave, like, after, like, four hours. I don't know what to do. So in the story, we're watching all this take place, doing things that are so wonderful, sharing in friendship and love and life, um, in a place where things just happened to blow up that weren't supposed to be there. I mean, what's that? We, watched the, we watched all the forecasts. We watched everything. What do you do when something just blows up that's not supposed to be there? What happens when you have 21 people with you and something blows up and you're not supposed to be there? Um, or, I mean, it's not supposed to be there. We're supposed to be there. We scheduled this trip. We paid our money. We're ready to go. So we hike the Grand Canyon. We get a really good meal. We go to bed early enough, get sleep enough. The storm is supposed to hit at five, hits full blown about two, and we aren't ready, even planning to go till about three. So when we pull out, you just need to catch this imagery, okay? We pull out of, of um, where we're at, 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 the, at Tucson, Arizona. It's just it's the Grand Canyon Village. And the weather is already so bad, and the snow is so deep, yeah, I don't know, two inches, three inches, but, but the winds are crazy, and it's blow, snowing really fast. We're on two-lane roads in the middle of nowhere. And so I kept praying, and we pray before we pull out, you know, look out for us, provide for us, show your way to us. The stories about uh, uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the stories about um, walking on the water, the stories about Jesus calming the storm, um, I'm informing myself of these always, and I know these guys are as well. I know they're all thinking about these things, and we're all praying about these things, and we're asking, give us safe passage. You don't drive in, in storms like this unless you don't have any choice. We're not dumb. Well, they're not dumb. Yeah, but they had the weak link with them. So, so we, we, we just begin to drive and pray, and we're in mountains, and it's crazy, and we just take our time, and sometimes the wind's blowing. Any, sometimes the wind is blowing so much, and it's snowing so much, I can't see at all. I'm driving two miles an hour. Is Norman is, shot, is riding shotgun telling me if I'm in the middle of the road or not, because that's where I'm driving. You lose orientation. Is it up? Is it down? Is it flat? And we just keep driving, and we keep praying, and then it's become very clear that this is bad enough that we might be they might close I-40, and if they close I-40, we're going to be here for a week or at least three or four days. And so we keep praying. It took us about five and a half hours to cover 82 miles. That's from here to Columbus, actually here to South Bloomfield, something like that, right? Yeah, Bo, I see you shaking your head. Please don't let them close I-40. <laughs> Please don't let them close I-40. Please don't let us have an accident. Man, I love these guys. Maybe I shouldn't be out here. Maybe we should have. No, I know better. We have these plans. Not that plans are everything, but we prayed about this trip. We prayed about the things that could happen. Prayed about the beauty. Prayed about the unity. Prayed about the overcoming what is thrown at us. I know you see us in the storm. 
You're not calming the storm. So get us through the storm. Make us better. Make us tighter. Make us righter. Help us to have greater faith. If you're hearing this story and it makes you afraid, you're not doing this right with me. Or else I'm not telling it right with you. Don't let them close I-40. Don't let us have an accident. <laughs> We're up and down and up and down. I'm looking at my mirror. Here's Josh and here's Isaiah. And, and, and your family are way safer with them, with, with them than with me. But we keep driving and driving and the snow keeps blowing and blowing. And I'm like, this is a full-blown blizzard and we got nowhere. We had nowhere to go. We had no more rooms here. We had nowhere to stay. We just don't have anywhere to go. It was so bad that our Airbnbs one day we couldn't even get into the, the day before they'd had so much snow. So um, we eventually, which seemed like forever, kept thinking, where is I-40? <laughs> we just got to get to I-40. If we could just get to I-40, we might have a chance of making it. But the snow still was so crazy that be, being, you know, our vehicle, it was so hard to see. There was no reference point. There's nobody in front of us. And man, I got to tell you, when we exited on the I-40, the most, um, when you're that taxed, uh, tired, fatigued, you know, from hours of driving in that, the very thing I didn't want that we needed, but I didn't want, was this big semi comes plowing through and I'm exiting off. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> now I got to deal with the semi. By the way, the semi never stopped, was the most incredible, incredible plow through all this weather. Is FedEx, my now favorite mail carrier, um, independent. He had a blue truck, a blue cab. I know that because we accidentally passed him later. But um, he, he, he uh, just drove through the storm. We just stayed right behind him. There were semis pulled over, parked, just stopped. Later, well, more of the story. He just kept driving, 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 driving driving snow started getting lesser and then eventually we hear you know we get this uh we, we it's down to about an inch down to just a little bit of rain 82 miles later as soon as we get through this there's a weather update i-40 closed and then you start seeing you know videos of trucks hitting trucks that were parked along the side of the road hitting cars that were parked along the side of the road I know this is a difficult story to stay with, but I got to tell you something, man. If you're never in a storm, you never know God's deliverance. You cannot live safe. You can't live afraid. You can't live just stuck in humdrum nothing so you're never put to a little bit of a test. You don't know who you are until you're pushed. You don't know who you are until you're unsafe. You don't know who loves you, who doesn't, who cares, who doesn't, who's got your back, who doesn't. You don't know what's going on till you get in a weird place. But when you get in the weird place, I assure you, God will be there with you. I know because, oddly enough, I keep getting tested there time and time and time and time again. The interesting thing about all of this is that had I wanted to stay home, had there been a reason that, oh, I thought we shouldn't go, and, and I had a few surgeries last year that may have told us not to, college students wouldn't have let me not go. Then they recruit people and help recruit people who they like more than me. As I always tell Josh, Christian, Eric, they like you more than me anyway. I mean, let's just go and let's have a lot of fun and let's do whatever we do and let them get us out, let them get us back, and let's tell the stories. 
Well, today I need to tell you a story, man. I-40 closed right behind us, and it was crazy what happened in the videos and everything else. And phone calls. There's someone, I don't know who it is here, uh, reported that they have relatives there. I know they got between 26 and 41 inches that day and all that we'd driven through. And in case you don't know, 26, that's a lot of inches of snow. It stacks up pretty high after a while. I know because I saw Josh waist deep in a lot of it, and it was way worse than that. And a lot of guys here, it's just funny. I don't think I laughed that hard in my entire life. Um, the greatest storm you ever face, the greatest storm you ever will ever go through, is the storm you would have if you didn't have Jesus do what Jesus did for you and for me. There is no storm like that storm. There is no loss like that loss, no hopeless like that hopeless. In Romans 3, 21 through 24, Scripture says, But, now a, a, but apart from the law, the righteousness, of, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all have been justified freely by His grace through redemption, through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. I mean, every one of us were in that storm. Everybody in that, those vans went through the same storm. Everybody that were in those vans came through that storm and on the other side, not because they had good drivers, not because we were better in the, I mean, the good drivers, yes, these guys are good, but, but the storm was the storm, and a lot of great drivers were, had faced some some, you know, some bad situations. We came through this thing through prayer, through hope, through everything else. And that's the story of us in our personal lives, the story of redemption for us. Jesus has forgiven. You know the story we love to tell you. Now you see it just the right time while we were powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely would anyone die for a good man, though some might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Paul says something like, the good things I want to do, I don't do. The bad things that I keep doing, I hate. <laughs> oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to save Jesus saves you. The greatest storm you could face, the greatest difficulty you could go through, no matter who you are, where you are. We talked about the story of the Samaritan woman, the woman caught in adultery. Though Jesus had incredible love, mercy, and grace for them. What's your struggle today? What's your battle today? I, I don't have any ability to heal or fix or even walk well with you through it, but I would. But Jesus will heal it. He will bring healing to it. He will bring something that when you're on the other side, he'll be with you through it, and on the other side, there's hope and life and healing. And if you're struggling enough that you would come forward, you have, there are some elders in this building that will come forward, and they will help walk through that with you as well. If you've not been immersed into Jesus, they'll immerse you into him. If you're online and you have no way to be here today, just contact one of the elders or Tim or me. We would help you any way we could. Whatever your desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing. I stand to praise you, but I fall on my knees. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is so Make me whole.
area this morning um, so if you're missing a pink purse it's in the office now good morning sunshine and the sun is shining I think spring is here it's been a beautiful morning and we had a good uh, good breakfast a good fellowship together and a good uh, worship together. So I have a few uh, announcements I want to cover here. Uh, we've got some additions to our prayer list. Um, we had a conversation yesterday afternoon with uh, Penny Ball, and Clyde and Penny have, uh, have missed a couple times lately, not feeling well, but they're doing better in that conversation. And uh, Penny had a couple people she wanted us to remember to add to our prayer list, uh, Harold Beadle and Karen Owens. Uh, Penny, Penny has a, a lot of, uh, she has a great heart. She has a lot of uh, sympathy for people and she wanted us to pray for these two acquaintances of hers. And then we wanna add uh, Candy McClinic. Candy entered the hospital yesterday morning and it being treated, uh, She's being treated, which could end up in surgery, and she wanted each of us to pray in our individual prayers that the treatment would work and she could avoid surgery. And, and that, that news came this morning. We talked to her this morning. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a lot happening next Sunday. So next, next a week ago from today, uh, daylight savings time changes. We're going to have a guest speaker, John Sacecki, and he'll be speaking both times Sunday, and there'll be a fellowship meal after our morning worship. And uh, all you're asked to bring there is a side dish and a dessert. Everything else will be provided. So uh, it'll be a good time. We need to uh, we need to not individually dominate this man, let everybody have a chance to introduce themselves and speak to him a little bit and get, learn, and get to know him. Home groups will start a week after that on the 19th. <clears throat> There's sign-up lists back there in the back, so uh, you need to, uh, to add your name to that. Over here in this purple section, in your bulletin, uh, there's a, a plug there for uh, the videos that we're going to be watching, and we previewed some of those, and, and they're excellent. They're very good. You will enjoy this. Contact information that's on the, the window back there, you need to check your, your phone number and your email address to make sure it's right. This is all in preparation for a new directory that that will be forthcoming. I think I've covered most of what I had marked, so if you would stand with me now, we will be dismissed. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for a beautiful day. Help us to enjoy it and uh, help it to go with us as we uh, leave this place and 
let us always keep you at the forefront of our minds and realize uh, that everything exists because of you. We thank you for uh, Jesus that gives us hope, uh, hope beyond the grave, and thank you for that. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.